This is a fourth hand production. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Now, are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental? I don't uh, know. Planes that they're building. Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome everybody to Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. And he's Sleepy McGusterson. <laughs> Who am I? What have you're, I done? You're a tired boy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm AKA a Josh. In my sleepy something. <laughs> we talked about that earlier. It seems like this week, it's not even, God, it's fucking Tuesday, and it's already kicking my ass. Yeah. yeah. Tomorrow's my Monday, so I'm, this is, I'm enjoying my Sunday. Oh. I haven't done shit, but. Yeah, well, that's fine. Well, no, you did. You said he you hung some posters, so that's a yeah. step in and the I right read, direction. I read some about the author we're going to be interviewing next week. So, I mean, I guess I did some productive stuff, and I watched the new documentary from James Fox. Ooh, today. how is that? I've been dragging my feet on it. Phenomenon. Um, it's really good, but if you've been fall if you followed you know the UFO topic um, at all, there's not really a lot of new information in there. Mm. Like, I don't. I don't think I really came out with like, oh damn, I didn't know about that, or like. Um, but it's a, it's good. It's it's worth watching. But I didn't okay. think there was like any new insights or any new cool videos or anything like that. You know, I was a little disappointed in that regard. But um, so where you? Definitely, it was definitely cool. Where'd you pick that up at? Uh, Prime I, Netflix. Y- yeah, I just bought it on Amazon Prime. Oh, gotcha. 16 bucks. I was like, fuck it. I want to see this. Yeah, no, that's cool. So, I've been checking it out. I know they've been promoting it like a mofo. So yeah. everybody's been yeah, behind it. Yeah, it's cool. It. It's just kind of weird. Like, you know, they talk about Blue Book. They talk about just everything that we've already talked about forever. So, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Can you, is there anything else left to talk about? Is, is that why all the yeah. documentaries just keep talking about the same things i mean he does it in an interesting way and it's really informative and he like basically lays out you know the proof that you know these things exist but well i I think maybe it's one of those things where it's for somebody who maybe isn't necessarily into the field and they follow the field maybe some i know but it, it feels like everything is made for that i think there's that and then i think there's like kind of a lack of other incidents and cases that are very well documented that you can actually like look into, you know? Yeah. But mm. I mean, yeah, like I'm not shitting on it at all. Cause it is definitely super cool and worth the watch, but just no new information. If you're insane like me and all you do is read UFO <laughs> books and shit. So. If that's what you're looking for, you're not going to get anything new based off that. I'm thing. sure. Okay. I'm sure for other people, they're going to be like, Oh damn. Like a group of school children in Zimbabwe in 1994 claims to have seen a ufo with uh you know beans and everything you know I'm, i don't you know but to you sure josh is just like, john is just old news it's like oh shit i knew about that uh, old news well, i mean yeah. 1994 was a long time ago yeah yeah true <laughs> so well that's cool no i've been wanting to check it out that's kind of oh that's good you know that's good and it's not good. too bad i've been trying to back off the tv in the mainstream a little bit just because all the bullshit going on you know this is my favorite time because it's october and you know, I fuck the debates and everything. I've been focusing more on uh, what's planned on AM- AMC for, you know, October Fright or whatever the hell they call it. Mm-hmm. You know, you catch up all your old shows. But um, but yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm glad that they still put stuff on. And I'm glad he has the support. And I think that's what's cool. So I'll still check it out probably for sure. Oh, yeah. It's it's definitely worth the watch uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, so a couple little housekeeping notes. Um, for those of you who hopefully by this point you had caught uh, episode one on season four, we actually had the privilege of interviewing T. Krulos. And man, still just kind of like, woof, man, he had a lot of stuff to say, a lot of stuff thrown out. They got a lot of good feedback on Patreon too. Oh, cool. 
Yeah. T was awesome. That was a fun interview and very insightful and informative and scary. Yeah, yeah. Very, very scary. <laughs> well, and this is a subject that we have in front of us that we'll talk about here in a little bit. But I, I think one thing I did, so if you're a Patreon member, if you're not a Patreon member, you probably should be. You can find us if you want more Strange Uncles at patreon.com slash strange uncles. Uh, we have platforms for everybody. And in these trying times, you know, maybe we'll take your mind off things a little bit. Um, not only did I throw the unedited version out there and then the edited uh, episode, which we did, um, but I managed to find, uh, for those of you who heard the show, he started out the book talking about Bohemian Grove. And that's how he went down the rabbit hole a little bit with his main character and, and everything else. I did manage to find the original script that I wrote up, uh, just the history of Bohemian Grove, and I threw that out there as well. Um, good read. It, it's like four pages. It's really quick, just easy sleazy. Some of the background, you know, and you can think what you want of what Bohemian Grove is. It, it's still, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of freaking fat white rich people who, you know, like being naked in the woods and getting drunk. I mean, really, but there's deals yeah. and there's other things behind closed doors, which is very sinister. You know, I would say, I don't think they're sacrificing babies. I don't think that's happening. But the talks well, are going not on. Fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly on a Friday <laughs> night. But I think the talks going on behind closed doors on just how are we going to do things in the future. I think that's more sinister than anything. So you know, there's yeah. that. I'm sure there's definitely been a bunch of backdoor deals that have happened um, through Bohemian Grove. But yeah, I don't think they're sacrificing anybody or doing anything. Just, no, no, I, I don't. The elite doing weird stuff, and you know, in those secret societies, they're always doing weird shit. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, shit. You know, would you put up pay- if we had money? Would we do weird shit? Probably. Absolutely. I, I would yeah. have my own little occult library, all in a cave, dressed up like Batman. I don't know. You never know. You never I know what you're going to do. At least be Jack Parsons level weird. Probably. That's what for I was going to say. Some reason I thought you were going to say you would at least jack off. And I was <laughs> like, too. oh, you don't need money for that, my friend. That's free. <laughs> I'm, behind, I'm behind on my jerkin payments. <laughs> Please, sir. Touche, sir. Nut. <laughs> so with all that being said, um, this next episode that we have, we kind of, I don't know, I want to say we're down the conspiracy road, but we kind of paired it with uh, T. Krulos because I, I think it comes in good time. You know, we usually concentrate on the high strangers a little bit and more paranormal, I guess, down that road. This one really isn't as much as it, it is strange. I mean, it's odd. It's uh, something that's been out there that people have heard about at least a little bit, but nobody really bothered to figure out. Are they still there? Where'd they come from? Why are they doing it? And I think it's a good pairing to episode one. I don't know. I think so. That's why we're doing it. Yeah. Outstanding. So should we let the good people out in podcast land know what we're talking about? I think so. Stop being so goddamn cryptic. (laughs) Speaking of cryptic, here we go. (laughs) So a little bit of background on this whole thing. Uh, Tune across the shortwave bands above AMMW, and chances are you will come across a number station. I've heard of them. I know you guys probably heard of them, right? Yeah, I put one on our record on uh, one of my old bands. Oh, really? Latest records, yep. Oh, it's kind of cool. Did it play backwards or no? Uh, I didn't play backwards. We just put a bunch of haunting music behind it and had it as an interlude. Kick-ass. So it didn't call Satan, but it just sounded cool. Well, I mean, those things even just by themselves are kind of eerie. Oh, they're creepy. Yeah, we'll get into it for sure. But yeah, they they just sound creepy. That's why we use it because we're like, what the hell? This sounds weird as shit. Oh, and then if you think of the decades, well, we're going to get into this. So there's no programming to speak of on these things, just a mechanical sounding voice, male or female, methodically announcing seemingly random groups of single digit numbers for minutes on end. At the apex of the Cold War, especially. Radio lovers across the globe started to notice bizarre broadcasts on the airwaves. Starting with a weird melody or the sound of several beeps, these transmissions might be followed by the unnerving sound of a strange woman's voice counting in German, or the creepy voice of a child reciting letters in English. And and just creepy, by the way, should we say. Um, If you have heard these things, welcome to the weird world of number stations. So we've been kicking the subject around for a bit. I, I think Josh kind of brought it up, and I was, oh, that's kind of fun. We can do that. And we finally just kind of got around to putting some notes together and doing this thing to try to demystify the whole theory of number stations or maybe add mysticism to them. But I really don't think at the end of the day that's what we're going to end up doing. I think we're just going to kind of clarify what people think they are, how our country and the world got involved with them, and where they're at. So 
Stand by to find out all that good stuff as we go down the rabbit hole of number stations. Open the gates. One of the best-known examples of a number station. Cryptographers and shortwave enthusiasts have known about them for years, but they're one of radio's most enduring mysteries. I can't remember the first time I heard of a number station, but I was fascinated by the idea the moment I heard it. So, John, you exclusively mentioned that this just fascinates you. I mean, it's just a weird little world that that I mean, I don't understand. I don't. I don't. I don't think none of us really do. It's just so spyish, nineteen forties, cold warish. It's just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just strange. It'd be even stranger to know that, like, to be a spy and to really be looking for those broadcasts and everything, and somehow knowing what that these little things are saying because they're so odd and they make no no sense whatsoever. Like it plays little tunes and says numbers and like it, none of it makes any bit of sense, but that would be crazy to be sitting in a little, I just pictured smoke filled room, you know, you've got this little, <laughs> little ham radio or something. And you're writing down all these notes. Like it's some specific note or something. I don't know. It's just interesting. And it just, it, like we said before, it just sounds creepy. No, I mean, and that's really it. I mean, it's, it's a matter of, and especially to know that, there might be an example where that one frequency, that one channel that you're listening to is just for you. Like that's mm-hmm. like you are the guy or the girl that has to figure that out. And we'll get into some real life cases about what this is. But uh, in general, you know, we kind of want to break down what number stations are. I mean, and I, and I don't know, you know, I've seen the John Cusack actually. Thank you, Josh. You recommend that John Cusack movie and some of those things. Movie? Yeah, it is. It, it's pretty good. I got to say, you know, kind of, kind of paints a picture per se. Um, but with all that being said, let's break this down just a smudge and then we can go from there. So cryptography, the science of encrypting text and data has been around since the times of Caesar, believe it or not, which, you know, obviously not number stations, but just spy and espionage. You may think they're modern words, but they're really not modern words. And Josh you may know more about it than John, John or I, but I'm sure humans have been, if they found a way to, you know, do something dastardly and underhand to somebody else, they're, they're going to take that opportunity for sure. Well, and if you think about it, um, back in the classical periods and earlier even, when people were fighting wars, they were fighting hand-to-hand, face-to-face, like um, the only methods of communication were runners, so you couldn't just put the sensitive information you wanted to send to your commander on further on down the line or at another location, just write it out and put it in a bag and send the dude on his way. Cause if he gets caught, then everything's blown. Right. Yep. So it, it's not, it's not surprising that cryptography goes back that far when you think about it. But when you initially hear it, you're like, wow, really? You know, I, I just think the word doesn't fit and people classify that word in a different history said i guess well it's ironic too because hitler was actually a runner you know before he became hitler that's what his job was little letter boy back and forth on the field during world war one so hmm. you know there's there's that i just thought they hooked notes up to crows and had them fly far, I, far away i, I thought that about raven. pigeons <laughs> it's like hey well you know what that birthday gift will get to me eventually depending on how fast that pigeon flies so yeah there's that but uh, before they mention radio, secret messages could be conveyed in coded letters or through light signals. In the 19th century, they kicked it up a bit and used technology, first with the telegraph and then with the telephone. Radio was invented at the turn of the century and was quickly put to military use, which, you know, that's what Obviously. military does. Exactly. An idea of what we know as number stations was invented. The first use of coded numbers broadcasts was during the last years of World War I when they were sent in Morse code and low and medium wave frequencies. Shortwave came into use in the early 1920s, and it has been used to send encrypted messages since then. So this is a little scientific, I guess, but just to kind of explain, and this goes back to frequencies. Like when I was at, 
growing up with my dad, I used to truck drive with my dad, and every now and again we'd hear like CB messages from around the world, like languages you wouldn't understand because it would bounce off the clouds. Similar, just because of how these fre- what band these frequencies are in. Yeah, that's so cool. It's so weird that, uh, that it's just shit flying through the air. You know what I mean? Amazing. Like information just yeah flying through the air, and and you don't even know you you wow. need you need to be able to pick it up. That's what blows my mind about this whole thing. For just in general, it's fucking crazy. But scientifically speaking, to break it down, kind of. So when directed at the ionosphere at an angle, shortwave signals reflect back down to Earth at great distances beyond the horizon. So this is handy for intelligence operations in foreign countries or for the military to send orders to faraway units. But if these signals can be heard all over the world, then of course, right, the messages must be encrypted. This is where one-time pads come in. And I've never heard of this term before until I started diving into this. The one-time pad, uh, the only mathematically unbreakable encryption system, is usually a sheet of paper with random numbers in groups of five or four digit or five or more digits. Sorry, typically the letters of the message are converted into numbers and are added to the numbers from the notepad using a simple mathematical operation known as false addition. So, are you guys ready for this one? Oh yeah. So the result is then transmitted. The recipient uses the same page for his. Own one-time pad and extracts the plain text message by applying false subtraction to the encrypted message. This procedure is simple, yet highly effective. The message can only be decoded by a third party if they get access to the recipient's one-time pads. This is sometimes possible for counterintelligence, which actually has been proven in, in history, and we'll talk about it, either using double agents or by arresting the recipient, most likely while he is receiving the signal. A number of events in the 20th century have proven that intelligence agencies do, in fact, use these signals. But espionage was not the only exclamation given. Some people had even argued that the phenomenon was an elaborate prank. But honestly, the, the scale of the stations, multiple frequencies in different languages, makes that exclamation uh, seem far-fetched, just huge. Any prankster would need to buy millions of dollars of radio transmitters to even make that happen. And the time and effort, I mean... That's a huge problem. Yeah, who's who's going to do all that for shits and giggles? Yeah, exa- exactly. I mean, and this thing, it, it, it would be different if it was like in a certain time frame of history. Like, okay, in 1950, there's these weird, and then they went away. But this isn't the case with these. This, they have been around for a while, and, you know, they kind of learned how to use them. And, and I don't think, I don't think pranksters in the cards, my personal opinion. No, and who are you, who are you pranking? Just like a couple people in the military? Or something like yeah, yeah, some weird you know guy I mean? behind the radio that you just s- happens spend to like listen. Millions of dollars, and you're just pranking like some guy with a ham radio. That, that's that, like a Howard Hughes bullshit, right there. Yeah, I, it I just doesn't make sense to me. Unless it's just some, you know, some crazy genius millionaire or something. Yeah, you know what though? If I was a millionaire, I'd be that one. I'd try to figure out something to do. You know, again, Howard Hughes. I'd, I'd be this weird just because I could. Yeah, I mean, why not? You know, uh, if I was a millionaire, I'd just do two chicks at the same time. Oh, isn't that just a thousandaire? (laughs) (laughs) You don't, you don't have to pay for that. (laughs) Well, kind of chicks that double up on a guy like me do. (laughs) (laughs) Do chaser. (laughs) That shit's funny. Well, with that being said, we kind of laid out what it is. Um, it's interesting, but, um, Stand back because we actually have some of the more famous ones recorded. Are you guys ready to kind of get into this weird shit bit? Yeah, of course. All right, here That's we what go. We're here for. We'll listen to this one, and then uh, right after that, we're going to tell the definition. We'll probably have a break after that, and we will go forth. But uh, this one's odd. Stand by. Isn't that weird? So the Swedish Rhapsody, not to be confused with the Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> two totally two totally different things there. 
so don't get confused anyone uh the <laughs> swedish rhapsody it's a well-known number station operated by and i'm not even gonna try and pronounce this because it's this oh. the most insane word i've ever seen in my life these uh letters don't make sense to me but uh it's you know it's operated by the stuzba bespaisenstwa so that's about as good as i can get it's a crazy european word best as i could so, do it's fucking nuts. sorry yeah uh yeah um that used am broadcasting so operated by that person that used am broadcasting and operated between the late 50s and 1998 which is a pretty big chunk of time it's notorious for its use of what was once believed to be the voice of a young girl speaking in german yet it was later revealed to be that of a special machine used by the german stasi known as the spock morse generator See, okay, so here's my question on this one real quick. So there's no human voice in here. They find out that it's actually a machine. What would be like that? That's even more undercover. Like, like what's the, what's the reason? What's the purpose? I think um, that's the whole mystery. To not uh, have the person that's saying it be able to be identified if it's not a person. Yeah, and then yeah. That way they can't track them. It's just security. Well, yeah, and I mean it just creates more anonymity, like that yeah. mu- that deeper of a layer of anonymity. Um, versus, you know, I'm sure you get a voice and then you could like manipulate it and really figure out who that is somehow through you know crazy detective work or whatever. Right. Um, even if they didn't know what they were saying, they would be they would know something if you could get yeah. them. Yeah, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I mean, and another thing that sets me off with this thing is late 1950s to 1998. Fuck me. It went on to 1998. Mm-hmm. It, you know, my guess is the only reason that uh, it stopped is because West or East Germany stopped being a thing. Yeah. But I mean, it stopped yeah. being a thing well before 1998. Yeah, we're looking what? When did the Berlin Wall fall? Like 80. 88, right? 86? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. I think it was 90. 90? I think so. I just know David Hasselhoff saying on the wall. Was he popular in 90? I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to figure popular. that out. He's he's always been. Uh, the Hoff has always Germany. been popular. <laughs> Don't ask Hoff. <laughs> Ridiculous. But yeah, if it was ran by the Stasi, like that was the East German secret police. Oh, okay. See, so that makes it. And maybe, you know, maybe that's another thing to kind of lead them off the trail is it wasn't even being used the last 10 or 20 years or whatever have you. But instead of pulling the plug on it, they're just going to keep it going because why not? You know, why not lead that trail? You know, just because that government ended doesn't mean the people who supported that government were automatically like, oh, hell yeah, let's just be one Germany. True. true. Uh, It was down with communism. It was November 1991. Oh, 91, well. man. 1991, yeah. I thought it was yeah. early 80s, but that yeah. shows how smart I am. Uh, but uh, Just think of Reagan telling old Gorby Chef to break down that wall. Tear down yeah. that wall and take that weird-looking fucking rash off your forehead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but almost all number stations include a few common elements, which are the ID, group count, and message. So the ID group is the group of numbers that indicates who the message is intended for, the group count is how many groups of four or five digit numbers that are sent in the message. And the message is what the recipient is ultimately going to decode to get his or her orders from. And every transmission usually has an intro or in phrase such as end, or we'll just end with numbers. And many number stations are well known because of the music that they play. Um, this has become less popular with today's number stations, but there are still a few such as E25 or V13 that use them. And there's also used to be more stations that read their numbers with a live voice, but now there are no more stations like this. Voices that are synthesized and created by machines are used instead. Uh, man, and actually, we'll get, in, get into kind of the new, like they're still out there even in 2020, which is kind of amazing. But we're going to take a quick break, and we will come back with another famous uh, number station. Uh, Stand by. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. 
Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. Three nine one seven stuck on my head now. <laughs> because I know, something about it being repeated, I guess. Um, so the Lincolnshire Poacher was a British powerful shortwave numbers station that transmitted from Cyprus from the mid seventies to June two thousand eight. Uh, the station gained its commonly known name as it uses bars from the English folk song, The Lincolnshire Poacher. Very creative <laughs> naming of that there. Um, as an interval signal. Uh, the radio station was believed to be operated by the British Secret Intelligence Service and emanated from the island of Cyprus. And I'm I- confused. Like, why do these run for so long? If they are for espionage or a spy... Wouldn't you just blast it to that spy real quick? It's like somehow you figure out that he's got the message and then you delete it. Like, why is it running for 30, 40 plus years? That's the thing. I don't think you can. So, here, like, you know, where is it being broadcast from? Well, this one's being broadcast from Cyprus. Like, have <laughs> they found the exact location? Like, doesn't it d- need to keep like being broadcast or is it like so- in some perpetual? I mean, I guess I don't know how well <laughs> simple so, radio waves work, I suppose, but a lot of them just blast static most of the time. Um, sometimes they'll have tones. Usually the tones or like the music or whatever um, is used as an interval signal and it comes right before the message. So the rest of the time, the station's just static. Right. So yeah. uh, you don't need to perpetually be broadcasting and also they don't need to be for one specific person you could identify uh with the signal group or anything uh like that you could they could use that to identify the specific individual that the message is for Mm -hmm. um and everyone would have a different one-time pad so you don't have to worry about someone getting the wrong message you know yeah yeah because they wouldn't be able to decipher it and one I cut on a lot of these is a lot of these, at least like the five that I stumbled across, none of them went over 15 minutes. They were, you know, so if you figure you got, say you got a fucking spy, you got a group of spies in an area, you know, you figure, okay, you're going to be, they're going to be in such and such place where they have access to a radio, you know, on this window time frame. you know, well, you couldn't just blast it out real quick and do a small little interval. Who knows if they're even listening and then they can take, so they play it over, they repeat it a little bit, but they just do it in chunks. I, I don't know if you could get any more, I mean, back in the day, fine-tuned than that. I, I don't know. And it would still be useful today, even with, like, encrypted smartphones and shit, because if you get caught with the encrypted smartphone on you, they're going to want to know why you have this super secure device if you're just supposed to be some random dude. You yeah, know, some tourist from California or something. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. For sure. Well, and actually, we cover some of this in, in towards the end of um, just you know, it, they're still there, which just fucking blows my mind, you know. But but this is crazy. And one of the things that so there was a heyday where the number stations were really really important, and so we're gonna kind of discuss that a bit. So let's discuss the actual use of them. So back in the day, number stations, uh, the big time when they were all around was between 1945 and 1956. So a little over a 10-year time frame. Um, Again, we're talking Cold War, all this other shit going on. The CIA and the British Secret Intelligence Service dispatched agents to support anti-Soviet guerrillas in the Baltic states, Belarus and Ukraine. But uh, most were captured with their radio transmitters and code books. The KGB, God, I love that name. I wish I belonged to the KGB. It just sounds so fucking kick-ass. The KGB used to use these codes to force captured agents to send signals back to their masters to lure more agents. When the FBI recruited a source inside the Communist Party of the United States, it observed many coded messages sent by the Soviets to U.S. communists. The Bureau decoded these messages, 
with decoding instructions it had received from the spy that had infiltrated the KGB as seen in publicly released FBI files about what they called Operation Solo. Uh, so in 1983, the KGB uncovered CIA agent Alexander uh, Ograndik, a Soviet diplomat who was receiving tasking from American numbers broadcasts. Another well-known case is the 2001 Cuban 5 case, in which Cuban spies were caught and shortwave broadcasts were used in the case against them, which I got that on your side, Joss, the Cuban, that might tie into some of it. Cuban was a big you know, a big thing back in the day, just because I get, I think number one, not only location, but just everything going on during that time frame. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, the video on that, uh, number station from Cuba that, uh, I found while looking for something else completely, um, was actually like really informative. Um, I would recommend it except for, I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> But it's by it's on a channel called uh, the VHS Vlog, where the the kid mostly like explores abandoned buildings. Um, but mm. for some reason, he was like, "Oh, I'm into radio shit too, and number stations are cool. Check this out." Um, but yeah, the station's HM 101, if I remember right. So you can just search that on the old YouTube. Yeah, towards the end, we'll throw that out there. Um, I think I've I got the link, so we'll throw it out. I mean, it's just again, it's amazing that it's still kind of there and it's doing its thing, but. Yeah, Cuba had a big, you know, big thing with the Cuban Five, and I, I think I remember hearing about that, but I didn't put two and two together for some reason. You know, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, but anyway, to wrap it up real quick, so the numbers message was sent to the spies via radio and entered into a wait for this a Toshiba laptop. Then it was decoded by a special floppy disk. Anybody remember those? Yes, mm-hmm. been a bit, I'm sure. Anyway, this floppy disk. Uh, it contained the decode key. So in 2013, a German couple was put on trial for spying for Russia and giving away military secrets. They, too, had received messages from shortwave and were actually caught while receiving one, literally caught with their pants down, I guess. Uh, finally, the infamous Russian spy ring of 2010 was said to use radiograms. So even as early as, two, I guess as late as 2010, I mean, that's what baffles me, that these things have been around for so long and still, like, 1988, 2010, this is still occurring. Yeah, just, are they relevant anymore? I I don't know. It's so strange. It still seems to be the best way to clandestinely communicate, you know what I mean? Because, I mean, I think in this day and age, if someone had a, a ham radio in their apartment you would be like hmm spy much but um, <laughs> especially back in the day like that was fairly normal tech that a lot of people had yeah know? well that was like, like high tech kind of back in the day you know like that yeah. was everybody's hobby like oh yeah i'm a ham operator so you know? have you ever you guys ever looked into that by the way because i was gonna actually get I want to get kind of into signals and frequencies and ham radio. There's a whole thing. Like you have to take a course, you have to get a license. Like it's yeah. not like flying an airplane, but there's shit behind it that you mm-hmm. just can't hook up a piece of equipment in your house and stick an antenna on your shed and say you're a ham operator. It doesn't work like yeah, that. Yeah. I was looking at radios for my paranoid doomsday prepping shit and some <laughs> of the like, <laughs> of course you portable are. fucking walkie talkie things uh, were, like required a an amateur license, basically. Yeah. It's pretty weird. Yeah, it's crazy. Huh. I mean, I couldn't even imagine, you You know, 2 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, you're sitting there, you know, in your fucking shed trying to find a number station. But there is a website we'll cover on here, which they do exactly that. So I guess it's not as crazy as it sounds, really. Yeah. But, and there uh, is a fun fact that uh, in Intel or military documents, you will not encounter the term number station. Uh, instead, it will be, like you said, radiogram, radio message, or just transmission. Oh, radiogram sounds so sweet. Like something you would send to your grandma in the hospital, you know? Just send her a classical radiogram. Oh, and I do have one correction. Uh, when it, it, It's Belarus. Belarus and Ukraine. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... You know, um, no big deal, but well, you know, yeah, these big words. I didn't like want to I said, interrupt you. That one up here, which one was it? The those bit. I can't even. I, even looking at it, I can't. Anyway, <laughs> um, folks. So. Yeah. But yeah. It Belarus. Is uh. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's some crazy shit going on there right now. Yeah. Um, there is. So let's go into this a little bit here and I'll explain, kind of cover some recent history, I think, and then we can take another quick break. So for decades, people have studied them and even made accurate schedules of times of their transmission. So William Thomas Godbay, or they call him the Havana Moon, First made number stations logging popular back in the 1980s. Later, a Simon Mason wrote a book called Secret Signals, the Euro Numbers. For the last two decades, much work has been done by two groups of radio listeners, which, I again, I guess this is the ham radio people glued to the fucking radio. Um, one is called Enigma 2000 and Numbers and Oddities. So Enigma has set designations for these stations based on the language or digital format. E is for English, S is for Slavic, G is for German, V is for various. Last year, British historian Lewis Bush published a book called Shadows of the State about these stations and their possible locations. These people have done impressive work uncovering the owners and now defunct number stations using the documentary evidence and have pinpointed the owners of modern-day stations using technical observations like signal triangulation and other methods, which, man, you got to have a hobby. I guess, I guess that's one. It's pretty. It's a pretty interesting hobby. I want to meet. I want to meet somebody that's into this. I want to talk to them. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Somebody that really takes her time. That's been, you know, that this is what they do. They decode. I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, number stations were most active starting around 1960, which we covered a little bit in the in the previous there, uh, when secret code and message stations such as the Lincolnshire Poacher and the Swedish Rhapsody were broadcasting. There was a drop in activity following the collapse of the Soviet Union. Go figure. Since many intelligent agencies using number stations were linked to the KGB, like the Stasi and the Romanian Secretariat. Uh, other countries that use number stations are Poland, Ukraine, Egypt, and Cuba. Cuba, Josh, is one that you sent me, but I did stumble on Poland. Poland, <laughs> I know, think of all the jokes out there, people. Poland's still active with number stations. Nah, nothing, you know, nothing exciting about that. Did America ever have any popular number stations? Did we ever come across anything like that? Or is it, our number stations pretty much come from foreign powers? Mainly? I, you know, there may be. So we're going to give a website towards the end of this. I didn't stumble on anything that was United States based. It was more of, you know, we're receiving them coming in. Yeah. I've never like heard yeah. anything that's um, directly related to America, actually. I would be really surprised if, like, say, the CIA, for example, was using a number station if it would be based in the U.S., because most of what they're doing is overseas. Yeah. So it would make sense if they had it based in, like, Europe. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also, because these shortwave frequencies can be heard around the world, it doesn't really matter where it's based. Oh. Well, and that's true. And, you know, maybe with technology, you can bounce it off what you think it's come. I mean, come on. We have occupation everywhere in the world. So. Yeah, we've got know. a base just yeah. in about every I mean, country there is. Yeah. So, you know, maybe we're not broadcasting from, say, fucking Tennessee. But who's to say we're not doing it from an occupied territory somewhere else out? Or we were. Not saying we are now, but we were maybe. You know, very doable, I would think. You know. Yeah. I was just wondering if, like, it was like this is actually an American number station because we're saying like Poland, Ukraine, Egypt, Cuba. Like somehow we know that those generated from those countries. Like apparently, there's just not one that we know is like this is an American number station, regardless of where it is broadcast right, right. from. Right. Like you we, know, what did I mean? we run it? Kind of a thing. Yeah, exactly. Did yeah. the Americans invent this particular one? Like, I don't care if it was broadcast in Egypt, but it's American-made. You know what I mean? You know what I, mean? Yeah. I don't know if that's even important, really, but I was just curious. Well, uh, in the Comrade Cusack movie, Numbers Stations, the branch of the CIA that he works for is running one out of what looks a hell of a lot like RAF Brentwood or Bentridge or Woodbroder. Fuck, I can't talk to Woodbridge and Bentwaters. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I've got you. I've got you, boo boo. Oh, man, I'm so tired. <laughs> no, no, crazy. Um, there's a fun fact in this, too, by the way, if when you can want to grab it. Oh, sure. Uh, so, after a halt in activity from 2000 to 2016, North Korea has resumed broadcasting coded messages directly from its state radio. So, I guess no mystery there. Radio Pyongyang, <laughs> um, disguised as mathematics or physics problems for 
distant university students. Quote unquote. What the right. fuck does that even mean? Because <laughs> we all did rabbit ears and nobody can uh, see us too. <laughs> the intended recipient is indicated by a song played before the transmission and an identification number given at the start of the message. This number's or yeah, this number station is known as V15 and decoded sheets which were associated with tuning to its signals have been recovered. Jesus hmm. Christ. Dis- distant university students from North Korea. You're yeah, a distant university student. It's easy to leave North Korea to go study abroad. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah. you know, you know, North Koreans are uh, no well known for sending their, uh, you know, university students to go. Oh, study oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, we're going to send a batch to Berkeley. Yeah, because that's what we always wanted <laughs> to do. It's not going to happen. So, who yeah. are they talking about here? I mean, um, I guess it's possible they could mean. Uh, distant from pyongyang but still in north korea but maybe they mean maybe they mean the most distant fucking prison camp in the campus like way on the other side of the country maybe that distant of a university yeah 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 whatever they say uh they're full of shit so yeah yeah. i did uh, not a side note but i did cover something real quick i i fucking kim jong whatever he was today he you know, again, folks, this is um, this podcast come out here in about a week, but he actually shed a tear because he was apologizing to his people because he wasn't there for them, and and he spent all the money on the ballistic missile uh, program, and you know, with the COVID thing going on, he should have been a better leader. And he actually took off his glasses, and a tear rolled down one cheek. Is what Just, the news he's never, said. He's never cried. Have you heard some of the shit they say that they they like claim that he's done. Oh, it is. It's insane. Yeah executing generals that were also his relatives with fucking anti-aircraft guns. But yeah. also, like, fucking, uh, like, hitting holes in ones. Yeah, how they like, put him on a pedestal. in a row. Like, yeah. it's like he played golf, and for the, well, the first time he played golf, he hit a hole in one on every hole. Everyone was amazed. Like, <laughs> And it's from his Hawkeye. fucking media thing. Well, even He was his walking fucking... by one month old. By one month old, he was walking. That's right. Well, his it's grandfather like, is in mythology. Like, literally... Well, it's in Weren't North Korean mythology. Walking by the time you were I mean, I was walking at like 90 days, not quite 30, but I mean, and I, I was speaking full sentences at uh, 100 days. Yeah. Well, you know. I was 100 days old. You're a slacker, John. You know, if you were better, like Kim Jong, you would have been right there with him, but. Well, I've been uh, trying to strive to be as good as Kim Jong-un is my, my whole life. Yeah. Well, that explains the haircut. So, it's a lofty Hard picture to, to live up to. Yeah. So, Kimberly, if you're listening to me, give me a shout-out on my DMs. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. Well, you know what? All jokes aside, that's a fucking scary fact because, yeah. damn, they're still doing it. You know? I mean, it's still out there. I'm like, what are they? And and so here's a thought. Actually, you know, let's go here, and then I got a thought past this, and we'll, we'll do a quick break. Um we're going to actually play this V15, and then if one of you guys want to explain what it is, this is the one that actually is coming out of North Korea that Josh just, just read about. Um, listen to this one. you know i never liked algebra but that makes no sense to me that's oh you don't get that i've, I've is it I've just me that and, yeah that's uh she's giving the square root of pi right there mm, 3.14 yes <laughs> yes correct I, I don't i don't know what i wasn't listening to that one's actually not as creepy sounding as all the others for <laughs> some reason not. those little nursery rhyme melodies just give it this weird eerie sense of something i thought how it Mm. like the voice like went up and down through like 
male and female pitches was kind of mm. fucking weird and creepy. Yeah, oh, I mean, it's definitely weird for sure. But yeah, just with those little mel- like nursery rhyme melodies yeah. that some of them have, like that, like it's kind of like how a doll for some reason freaks people out. Like it gives me that same vibe here. And the I'm just like, ah, yeah, I don't like that either. I'm not a fan. So anyway, I just feel like there's a little fucking porcelain doll behind me about ready to kill me. Um, so V15 was first observed in the eighties and ceased activity in 2001. Uh, V15 became active again in June, 2016 with a new message format. North Korea faced criticism from the South Korean government when it began transmitting again. V15 is a unique number station in the way it transmits to, uh, their country's own radio station via radio Pyongyang. Um, emits an AM on all Radio Pyongyang frequencies. It is also the only number station to ever transmit on FM, which... That's curious. That, yeah, because FM, you get about 60 miles. Like, yeah. It's not. Yeah, it's not as, as strong as AM signals are throughout the skies. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. So that's definitely like internal communications, which if it's internal communications, uh-huh. why send it through a number station come on well it's they've they have to have spies like down in south korea like crazy oh my god yeah i mean yeah yeah. um and i mean i'm maybe potentially all over the world but definitely down in korea um so here's a quick little um and we're going to go for a break after this but just to explain that whole culture over there that's so weird so you know, most of you know, if you listen to the podcast, I was in the Navy for a bit, spent a lot of time over in the Asian, uh, the Asian countries, Asian seas in that, in that fleet. We, at least twice a year, I shit you not, we would pull into this little Korean town called Chinhae, and we would pull in and we would do this exercise that basically we would pull in as fast as we could more, get everything going. They had this fake guy that was on the pier in this car. They would get him on the ship. We'd, we'd demore, we'd get out, we'd pull out, and we would time how fast we could actually pull up to the pier, get him on, and then get the hell out. That whole exercise was just in case North Korea invaded South Korea. We were there to pick up the president. We were there to pick up their main leaders, how quick we could do it, how quick we could get them out. We did that twice wow. a year. And then we pull back in shore and we'd stay for like three days and eat chin hate cheeseburgers and go to whorehouses. It was, it was just a mute point. But, you know, they have <laughs> always been worried about that. I mean, it has been a thing. And this is back in the early 90s, you know. And so can you imagine everything else? And, of course, we have a base in North Korea or sorry, South Korea, um, and we would do these exercises. It just always amazed me that th- there's contingencies for this because it could be a thing. You know what I mean? Just crazy. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's the least uh, far-fetched thing I can possibly yeah. imagine is, you know, one day North Korea is like, you know what, fuck this, it's time. Yeah, yeah we're done. The, yeah. the DPRK has the fourth largest army in the world, so it's like, uh-huh. and it views Korea as a whole. It doesn't view... Like, it's not happy with there being a North and South Korea, basically. Right, exactly. So anyway, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back uh, with a couple other quotes, some wrap-ups on where we're at for modern-day times, and uh, some thoughts, if you guys care. So stand by. Listen and find additional content at mystrangeuncles.com or wherever you get your pods. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us gain visibility. You can call us at 801-252-69-45. You can also find us on Twitter at Strange Uncles. On Instagram and Facebook, Strange Uncles Podcast. Close the gates. In the same way spy tricks such as pretending to feed ducks around a pond might still exist, number stations still exist too. It is an old-fashioned means of communication, but you have to think of security. Yeah, and that's actually a quote from an amateur radio operator. Um, A lot of them think the same, to be honest with you, because it is a thing. So, you know, here's the bottom line with all this, and then we're going to do just some bannery back and forth. The reality is this. Computers almost always leave traces, whereas a paper and a pen are easy to destroy. 
Despite all the clues, no government has ever officially admitted or denied, at least what we could see with their research, that they are using number stations for whatever reasons they have, um, nor have any of the intelligence agencies admitted as well. So the other reality is this. The stations still exist. We stumble on a website that still continues to track all the active suspected number stations, as well as archiving old stations like the infamous Lincolnshire Poacher. So it seems still in this age of technology, someone somewhere still sees a need to broadcast hidden messages over the airwaves. Whether the stations have a totally creepy vibe to them or whether everything is stripped away, they're just another way to communicate, to overthrow world agencies, whatever they want to be. I guess you guys be the judge past that. Um, that website that I stumbled on, if you guys want to look at it, it's actually really kind of cool. It's actually called www.numberstations.com. And they break down real live number stations. They archive a bunch of other ones. They ask you if you've heard of a number station or suspect one, kind of like MUFON, you can fill out a little form, you can sign it in, and they'll investigate it. Like, it's kind of an ongoing thing. So somebody thinks there's still an issue, I guess, right, at the end of the day? Yeah, and I mean, if North Korea just started that in 2016, I mean, there's got to be some relevance to them still to this day i think well after a 15 year break on top of that you know they're gonna yeah. come back and go hey by the way guys you know maybe there's got to be communicate with, with trump <laughs> no, shut the no fuck it's uh, to communicate with dennis rodman that's that's what they're trying to figure out i never got that either that relationship between <laughs> just yeah, maybe it's just loves the nba man oh my yeah God. He, he's a basketball fan and Dennis Rodman's a weirdo who would be like, yeah, I'll go chill with the dictator of North Korea. Why oh, not? he loves him, too. He absolutely loves him. He thinks he's fantastic. <laughs> it's fucking weird. So anyway, yeah, he's uh, a he's a strange guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. They might still have some validity just with how like simple they are. You know, we're always thinking like high tech, super mm-hmm. this, that, blah, blah, blah. But you strip something down that's almost impossible to decipher, super easy, low, you know, well, I don't know, kind of running under the radar a little bit still yeah. on like some AM radio kind of thing that I don't know. Well, it's, here's kind, of, good- it's kind of cool to think that maybe that's still like just some super. Spies are out there still doing their thing. Yeah, but in just like a low tech kind of way, you know. Um, I think it makes sense too because your phone could get lost, your phone could get stolen, your phone could get hacked. Um, this is pretty foolproof. You know what I mean? Like, if you if you lose your uh, one time pad, then you're not going to be able to decode the messages. But like. Probably mm-hmm. nobody else would be able to either because they wouldn't know what is aimed at you. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and that's exactly it. And think about it. You know, yeah, we got technology in this day and age, and it works for us. But if we have a massive solar sunspot storm, something happens, it, it, and it even now it fucks with technology. What happens if all that goes away? What happens if our technology grid breaks down? This is the option B. It's always going to be yeah. there. It's always going to work. You know, despite technology, whether it's around or not, I mean, who's to say, you know, the, the, the oldie's not the goodie. And, and that's kind of maybe why, you know, if, if the grid goes down in large capacity for more than like seven days, then we'll just tear ourselves apart anyway. So it doesn't really matter. (laughs) God, you're so happy. And you know, about that. (laughs) Always the optimist. Always optimist. Um, yeah, we're five meals away from, uh, ruling the wasteland at any given time, boys. (laughs) I'd love it. Uh, here is some. So, Josh, I want to actually throw out there. This is the one that you sent from Cuba. That, yeah. Um, let me play that real quick. According to a radio operator in Brazil, call sign PY4ZBZ, the transmission is a repeated sequence of eight groups of six five-digit numbers. Here's what that looks like on screen. And then after several minutes, things get weird. A piercing digital tone can be heard for several seconds. Cinco, uno. 
then one more five-digit number and one more digital tone. Yeah, that see, it's it's almost like they're getting, you know, and if this is a number station, they're getting smarter. And yeah, they're so they're more, transmitting information in those tones. It's, right. Uh, you can you can use those. Basically, you can take a computer and convert uh, visual messages, pictures, images, stuff like that into that sound, mm-hmm. broadcast that, and then on the other end, they can uh, get what you were, what the original message was. Um, and he does that actually in that video, but then what they, what they get out of the signal is still encrypted. Right. So, right. So on top, like once they get the information that was being transmitted that way, it's still encrypted. So they don't know what it says, but like, it's, it's a way to send a lot more than, you know, six, five letter words. Yeah. And there, and it's funny you say, so there is one, and this is fun listeners, if you ever want to do this, but you know, look up number stations and look at actually when they put them on the screen and they show the frequencies in a screen format. And there was one, and I can't remember what it was, but literally it had the numbers and the groups and the pattern. And then there's another frequency right next to that, which as, as near as they could deduce, it's the, background feedback of a Japanese slot machine because that's the frequency that it puts off and that's running at the same time that this is running over here either to convolute it or just to add more secrecy I guess or whatever that coding system is I mean I mean it gets pretty crazy it's not just a matter of song singing and beats and patterns it can get pretty deep and and <laughs> some of these are very modern, and they're happening right now. And and yeah, there, there's different things running different gamuts. To have the time to sit around and try to decipher that, holy shit! I yeah, mean, that's, I guess if that's what you get paid. I mean, for. yeah, if that's your job, that's yeah. and I mean, you you have the the key. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, unless you're just trying to crack other espionage stuff, then that might be difficult. But I'm pretty yeah. sure the dudes that are supposed to know what that's saying know. Yeah, no, it, it's they, crazy. They got I mean, the inside track. I'm, I'm missing my God. That should be my life right there. I think it would drive me crazy if I tried to do that. Mm, I don't know. Maybe I'll think twice. To be a spy? No, to be the guy that deciphers number stations. I think oh, it would yeah, slowly that's... unravel. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, I don't like math. Yeah, no, math is my least favorite. So um, that's kind of the wrap-up. Um, and there's more listeners than number stations, and, and you can get a little bit more deeper. We just really didn't have time. And and honestly, we hit the high points, you know, with Swedish Rhapsody and the uh, the Lincolnshire Poacher. I mean, these are ones that's been around for a while. People have studied them. They've researched them. Obviously, you know, spy espionage is a real thing, and we cover that. I, I don't know, thoughts, guys, on, on just number stations in general? I mean, I think it's a pretty big mystery. Like anytime I've looked into it, there's doesn't seem like there's a lot of answers, no matter how much people have looked into it or anything. They're just strange things on the airwaves. And I mean, I guess the most logical thing would be espionage. Um, but I think it's still a pretty big mystery and it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, if anybody else has any other information on, on number stations, please uh, feel free to send it in to us because we we would definitely like to learn more about about it. And if, you know, we didn't cover a topic, please let us know. Yeah. yeah. No, by all means. Yeah. If you have any background to it, by all means, uh, go ahead and write us at strangejungles at gmail.com. Let us know. And if you happen to be running a number station and would like us to promote it, you can call us at 801-252-69-45. I, I doubt that's that's a thing, but you know, you never know. I figured reach for straws. We'll, we'll, we'll keep you we'll keep you anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah kind of have to, I think, at that time. But anyway, I don't know. That was fun. It was fun kind of researching it, fun throwing it out there. Again, it kind of goes tandem a little bit with Tia Krulos and the whole American Madness conspiracy theory, you know, because th- this is something that actually is occurring and has occurred. And, and it kind of, it's part of our history. Not a lot of people know about it. So I don't know. I was kind of titillated when I was doing the research on it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely interesting. Good job. Good job on the, on the yeah. write up. I like learning about it. Um, any other tidbits, anything you guys want to throw out there before we call it a day so I can go uh, set up my number station? <laughs> no. Um, 
like I said, just watch that new James Fox documentary, The Phenomenon. It's interesting. It's really well done. And other than that, you know, keep rocking in the free world. Yeah, if uh, you uh, want to learn more about speculative fictional number stations, uh, the movie number stations that John Cusack put out a few years ago is uh, really good, actually. Nice, fun little spy thriller. It is. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. You know, again, we mentioned it in the podcast, but uh, www.numberstations.com. Um, that's the one that I stumble on that has the most research, I think, and the most in-depth if you really are interested in it and if you want to sit around on a weird, creepy Friday night and listen to number stations, by all means, that's your fun. You can have that. Enjoy it. Do your thing over there. Um, meanwhile, we have a Halloween news episode that's coming out here before the end of the day. October's upon us, gents. And uh, we also have some other interviews lined up and some other research lined up, too. So, you know, we have, uh, we have some things lined up here for season four. So hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, give us feedback. Let us know. If you're a Patreon member, we've got some goodies that we're going to throw out to you guys, too. If you're not a Patreon member, become one when you can. Patreon.com slash Strange Uncles. And, um, I don't know, close gates. You've been listening to a fourth-hand production.